For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Believe in Lions. I'm your host, Derek Oakry, right here on the Believe Podcast Network, Detroit's number one sport podcasting network. We're coming to you today to do what we always do, and that's make you believe in the Detroit Lions. I believe, I believe, I believe. I'm super happy today to uh, bring on, we actually had to call it an audible. I mean, if I was Peyton Manning, I might call it an Omaha. Uh, I had to call an audible, said I was going to have Logan Lamoran Deer on, but I'm super happy to have Paul Jackson join us. Uh, he's going to be a regular uh, staple here on the show Uh and we are going to be talking free agency. So um, kind of bumped us up a week just with some change in schedules. Really happy to have him. Paul, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Derek. Thank you for having me. This is uh, quite the honor. <laughs> oh, man, we're going to have some fun. So like every show when I get you on, man, it's our job to dial into free agency with the Detroit Lions. Um, this is our kickoff of that. So what I thought we'd do, again, we don't mess around on the show. Let's get right into it, man. Uh, I'm curious on your positions of need, maybe spots you think that Bob Quinn, Matt Patricia might have circled in red pen, positions that you think could be free agent targets. Because like I say, we're just going to stick to that. Uh, we're already talking about the draft on another show. We're talking all things Lions on a couple of these shows here on the Believe Podcast Network. But who do you believe the Lions will uh, target in free agency? Well, it, to me, it's simple. It's defense, 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 and more specifically, defensive pass rush. So um, if, if I were Bob Quinn, I'd, I'd be really looking into a pass rushing defensive tackle along with a DE2 to kind of uh, swap with, uh, with Flowers. I hate to fight you right off the top, Paul, but I got to do it because you're going to go Lions fan here where everybody always, you know, the defense was not good in 2019. So everybody's got that absolutely circled, highlighted exclamation points. But but you can't just go defense heavy. I mean, it's free agency. You're going to have to pick on both sides of the football. You're going to have to look at some guys that maybe can just be – um, special teams type guys. So, I mean, I like your points. I mean, defensive tackle, defensive end, I'm right there with you. But some other areas I have on my list, man, running back. I was getting into it on Twitter with people. Like, like we we have not been able to run the football since 1999. You know when that was? That was the day that Barry Sanders walked away from the game. That's over 19, wait, what is it, 99? So we're in 20, what's that? Uh, 21, years. 21 years. 21 years since we've been able to run the football. I think we should probably get that figured out. So in free agency, you might want to look for a running back, free agency. Uh, you may want to consider a receiver, depending on what you do, either with Danny Amendola or without him. So those are two offensive sides that you have to somewhat look at. And then I agree with you. Like, we need impact players on defense, but I'm talking 
uh, another outside linebacker. I'm talking another corner is an option, depending on what's out there. And I know I've said it in the past on other platforms that, hey, you know, uh, I would almost rather go corner in free agency rather than get a young buck that's just learning the system. We already got A-O in the building. A-O. How do you, how do I do that, Paul? Oh, baby. Baby. Uh, <laughs> so we already got him. We already got a young buck. We might want to go get a vet that could do some work. And then, like you said, uh, defensive tackle uh, that can penetrate, not just a, a run stuffer. But, hey, if Snack ha- hangs it up, you might need two guys in the middle there that can both clog and get after the quarterback. And I'm always up for safety. I feel like, uh, you, know, you know, there's lots of safety play in the league now. You could play three safeties. You can, um, you know, get a safety that also has some corner ability that can come down and cover tight ends, running backs, wide receivers, all that type of stuff. So, again, I'm not really fighting you. I'm just saying, like, you got to have that open mind and say, like, both sides of the ball need to be addressed in free agency. We can't just load up. And then also when you're putting defensive end, defensive tackle, you almost got to sort of consider where they were hoping or where what their plans are in the draft. Because let's say you go out and pay a big defensive end. What if uh, a certain guy, I don't know, his name's Chase Young, falls to you at number three? Like, I guess you can just add both of them. But you got to kind of figure out your whole uh, this whole puzzle that we're trying to put together. So any uh, any comeback to me on what I just said on some of the spots I threw out there or my, uh, my putting the boxing gloves on and coming after you? Well, I, I agree that, of course, the offensive – can also be improved. But generally speaking, I feel that the offensive improvements are more depth related and less starter related. And at the moment, they have 48 million to spend. Uh, if you subtract the 10 uh, million that they normally keep for uh, before the season to sign the Mike Daniels types, uh, along with another eight to sign their draft picks, they're going to probably have around 30 million to spend, assuming there's no um, cap casualties. But at the end of the day, I, I'm going to I'm guessing that 18 or more will end up going to the defense and probably 12 or less will go to the offense and the defensive player signed at the end of the year will likely have more snaps than the, than the offensive players. And, you know, the, the running back two is, is totally a, a you know, position of need, but you know, a running back two is only going to pay play 25, 30% of the offensive snaps. So um, yeah, that's kind of my feel about it. I like your take there. I mean, I guess that's something to think about is that, uh, you know, we are looking for more starters, impact guys on the defensive side, whereas if you are bringing in a receiver, I'm not talking about a, a one or even a two really at this point. You know, I'm talking about a three, four guy that maybe has some speed and can get after it, can score some touchdowns and be impactful. So, I mean, I like how you broke that down. I, I got a question for you, man. What What do you think about Bob Quinn keeping 10 plus million for rainy day? I mean, that's been his MO, but here we are. His his butt's on the line. His coach's butt is on the line. I mean, do you think he'll do that again, or do you think this is a year where maybe he spends right up to it, like, I don't know, like most other NFL teams do, to try to not only put up some Ws, but put that, that top talent on the field? I mean, they don't come cheap. I think that he will be spending uh, th- that $10 million, again, that, that is what he's been doing the last four years. Um, this year, who knows? I mean, I, I can see the – Lions doing something nuts. I mean, uh, a, a even like a Cleo Mack type trade deal where they're just all in 2020, you know, or nothing um, situation could even present themselves. So, um, and and I feel like this year more than previous years, the draft and free agency um, was is going to be much more dedicated to towards winning now 
than previous years. So like, you know, last year, of course, they picked Hawkinson and tight ends generally develop later on. If he was available this year, I, I know that he's wouldn't be the, the third best player, but I don't think the Lions would even consider a tight end. They need a guy day one because, you know, Patricia, Patricia ain't going to be a head coach much longer if this happens again. He's going to be defensive coordinator, making 10% the amount of money, uh, you know, as, as a DC. Right. So it's it's all or nothing. So hmm, okay. uh, I mean, I'm, I'm with you. I, I think you need to go back and, and recalculate all those numbers and those those divvy outs that you gave me then, because it sounds like if you don't think he's going to keep that money, that means instead of 18 million, we got to spend on D or 12 on offense. You can you can take that uh, 10 and spread it out however you want and, and really go for some more premier type players. So I, yeah, I, I, I think you. you will go in a little bit harder, but I also think that you know, everybody in Detroit, everybody that's a Lions fan, in my opinion, like has already written BQ and, and Matt Pat off already. They've already, you know, they act like, uh, you know, the they've already assumed that they're going to not have a good season and be gone. And why would anybody come here as a coordinator? And why would they leave any money? Or why would they not make a trade for the future and, and whatnot? Well, these guys aren't thinking like that, man. These guys are thinking like this is a free agent period where he's got, you know, similar or more money than he had last year. And we saw yeah. last year he came out pretty guns a blazing. Uh, he's got obviously higher draft capital. So he's going to use that, like you said, in an impactful way, whether taking the pick or trading down. So I, I don't think these guys mindset is like this is our year and that's it as much as it's like, hey, we have a lot of firepower and we know we need to win more, as he said in his press conference. But I don't think it's a uh, it's a all or nothing, because w- let's say we have a great year. Like they're not going to empty the cabinet so they can't have a great year in 2021, 2022, when they hope to still be around and doing big things. So again, I I think we just need to broaden our scope when we're talking about free agency, that it's not all or nothing. It's not just this year with the, the thought also that yes, maybe a little more aggressive. Yes. May spend a little bit more money. Yes. Is going to probably get a better football player in the draft, no matter where they pick. Um, and, And they already have a team that's been been built for what, you know, I, I always say two years. I say this team's a two-year build from when Matt Pat came on till now. The players that are here are, are for the scheme or for this coach and should be ready to roll. The guys that were here that didn't fit, I would say, have been exercised, have been gone, have been blown out, and uh, they can move forward that way. So can, can you see where I'm coming from? That it's a yeah. little bit of both, kind of like, yeah. hey, uh, we, we got to tie these together and sort of, uh, you know, think about the now, but also know that, hey, we're not planning to be fired. We're not planning to ruin this team for the future. And the, the other X factor, and this is a league-wide thing, not just a Lions thing, is this will be the last free agency period under the uh, current CBA. So right. the, the CBA is going to be re- renegotiated next year, and I'd be shocked if the salary cap uh, doesn't go up from a proportionate perspective higher. If I'm not mistaken, I believe it's about 48% right now of uh, – league revenue it's not going to be lower than that that's for sure especially if they decide to do this 17 or 18 game schedule and the reason this 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 is important is i can see all the nfl teams paying more this year and pushing that money back into 2021 22 23 when there's going to be a higher cap so this is going to be like a like an inflation um year if you will and whoever the lions do end up signing 
I think they're definitely going to be backloading these contracts much more than they normally would. Good stuff, man. I love that. I uh, I think I saw something come out recently that they're going to be at um, nearly 200 million. I think it was 188 this year. It's going to go up yeah. at least 10 plus. So it's going to be in that 198 to 210-ish range would probably be the absolute max. But yeah, I'm with you. I think that's always a consideration. That's something that the the GMs, the 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 front office personnel have a much better handle on than we do of all the office inner workings. But I'm glad you led me to that point, Paul, because you started talking about money. money, 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 money. And we know free agency is all about that dollar, dollar bill. <laughs> so let's get into it, man. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, we set up, we set the stage. We told the people positions of need. We're going to take a quick pause. We're going to come back and we're going to talk about actual players. We're going to give you guys names, positions, even guys that we sort of have highlighted at this point, very early in the process of guys that might make sense for the Detroit Lions. So hang tight, everybody. We'll be right back. Everybody, we're back here on the show, Believe in Lions, on the Believe Podcast Network. We are on all the podcast platforms now. That includes iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, TuneIn, and all the other places you might listen to podcasts. So please check us out. Please hit that subscribe button. Please rate and review us on iTunes. You don't understand how much that helps the show of being able to uh, to be found easier by people and get those great ratings is, is a tremendous help. And uh, if you're looking to uh, advertise, we're, we're definitely going to be getting some great sponsors here on the show here shortly. And uh, if you want to do that, please uh, just visit the Believe website and go to Believe.com. And they can definitely help you out with getting sponsored on this show or other Believe uh, podcasts. I think there's over 200, 300, somewhere in that range on the uh, Believe.com website. So definitely check that out. But, uh, Paul, with all that all out of the way, man, we, we promised the people we were going to get to some names. So I've got a list here. I've got DNs. i got corners. i got linebackers. i got wideouts. i got some defensive tackles, some running backs, and some interior linemen, and maybe some offensive tackles if you don't like uh, Taylor Decker or Ricky Wagner. So before we get into names, man, uh, do you got some names ready, or you want me yeah. to bounce these here? What yeah, do you think I mean, I, far yeah. as uh, getting into this? I'm, I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that a lot of these we're going to agree on. Um and uh, but I think we're on the same page. And yeah, I, I got some I got some I got some names, but I also got some stay aways. And I think sometimes in free agencies, the stay aways are almost as important. And we, we learned that with Mike Daniels this year. Absolutely, man. Like you say, it's a uh, free agency is definitely a roll of the dice. It's always a guessing game. So, so let's start at defensive end. I know you put that as one of your high priorities to me. Finding that defensive end is really important. Obviously, I've been putting out on all types of social media that I would absolutely love Chase Young to fall to three. I would run the card up to the podium. But we're not talking draft right now. We're talking free agency. So three names that I kind of circled, uh, again, just, just running through very early in the process, just names that I thought were names that are impactful, guys that could be could be got by the Detroit Lions. I've got Ngakwe. I got Armstead and I got Leonard Williams. Any thoughts on either of those three guys? Leonard Williams would be the one of the, those three that I would, I would like the best. Really? I mean, That's yeah. Right. I mean, he, he's young. He's 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 twenty six. He's he's got some upside, but he doesn't have the miles that that a lot of those other guys do. Um, 
you know, that that would be my pick if you could you could pick one. I, I, I think that you can get him. He won't demand Trey Flowers type number type money, but he, he will, um, you know, he, he's not going to use up all your all your space. So that that's the guy that I would be going for. Interesting. He's kind of third on my list out of those three. But uh, l- let me say this. The thing I like about Leonard Williams, stud coming out of college, he kind of got buried there with the Jets. Then he moved over the Giants, you know, pretty decent. The reason I kind of had him third is I feel like he's sort of a, a defensive end like we already have. He's a he's a, you know, big body, stout player, can move him inside or outside, kind of that that three, four end that you look for. And I feel like we already have that, you know, with Deshaun Hand, Trey Flowers type. So I'm looking more for that freaky edge rusher if I'm going to go in free agency. And you you mentioned Leonard was 26. Well, Yannick Ngakwe is 25 years old. Yeah, only, that's true. One million, only made one million bucks uh, on average salary this past year. He's looking to get pizzade. And uh, <laughs> you, you, you know what that means. We already played the music. Might as well uh, play it again. This is what it's all about for these players. So if you're talking about the money, uh, Ngakwe wants it. We've got it. I feel like he's the type of guy that would fit into Detroit, you know, a better version of, I don't know, Ziggy. Uh, but I feel like he could come here right in the prime of his career, get paid a ton, give him a really big boost in salary. Uh, Eric Armstead, the other guy I had on the list. I mean, I love this guy from a size perspective. He blew up this year. But he's the type of guy, like, he's got all these charitable things going on in San Francisco. He's always been kind of that California uh, guy, you know, went to Oregonic for college, but that's kind of his hometown. So I don't feel like he's going to be easy to lure away, whereas I feel like as long as you sign the check and Gakwe can be had, I think he's just a better edge rush, get after the quarterback guy than Leonard, where Leonard Williams is a – you know, decent in the run game, sort of be be stout and physical, but not uh, not that electric pass rusher that we're looking for. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm not uh, you know banging my hand on on you know and any of these guys specifically. I, I think it's kind of it's one of those deals where there's there's selection. They're going to get a guy who's better than what they got. You know, than Romeo. Um, and I also feel too that they're free agency signings on the defensive line can uh, potentially uh, red flag their draft um, opportunities too, in the sense of, Hey, if they, you know, go for the, the, the best stud defensive end teams might be thinking, Oh, okay. They're, you know, they're just going to assume Chase Young's gone or they're definitely not going to be trading up for Chase Young. Yeah. I'm with you. Uh, let me, uh, let me just, let's get back on, on for free agency. But before we move to cornerbacks, like, how how do you, if you're the GM, like approach defensive ends when you know there's still an option to get a type of player like that? Do you just try to go still pay big money or get a big defensive end? And if, if Young falls to you, you still take him? Or what do you, what's your best case scenario? You're going to take Young unless you get a King's Ransom kind of thing uh, at number three. And at, at this point, unless Young, you know, robs a bank or, you know, does something that involves a felony, he's, he's you know, or, or pulls an OBJ, he's going to be the number two pick. So um, I do think, though, they, they need to do their due, due diligence and get these guys in, uh, these defensive ends and defensive tackles, for that matter, get them in and uh, show these other teams, hey, you know, we're interested in, in this position player and put some smoke signals out there. 
it's always tough with free agency starting before you got to sort of go big and go get who you want to get, but know that you got to supplement it with, with draft picks as well. So yeah, yeah, good, good stuff there. So my cornerbacks, the names I got for cornerbacks right off the top here for people, uh, uh, Chris Harris, I got Logan Ryan, Ronald Darby, Eric Rowe, who I loved in the draft process. Um, we got Worley, who used to be out in uh, in the Raiders, had some some off the field troubles, and Fuller, I believe he's in in Kansas City now. Um, you know, to to me, those are all young corners. Those are all guys that can be had, I think, for the right price. Those are guys that you know have have decent track records in the NFL. And like I said, this is my hot button position right here. As much as there's other spots, we got to help the team. I feel like you go out, you spend big on a corner. You find a guy that Slay loves that can get along with him. I know everybody's given us Jeff Okuda in the draft, but I think you go get a top corner and you pay him and he already knows the game. He knows NFL receivers. He can come plug and play, get right in there. Cause I think we got a two, three year window right here. If we get everything right and get rolling with Stafford and the offensive weapons and stuff we have. So I think we need to do it that way. Yeah, and, and the difference to me from the corners versus the defensive ends is I'm willing to um, get a higher con- like higher salary for a shorter year. Um, you, you mentioned some of these guys are younger. Well, not, not all of them. I mean, Chris Harris is 31 already. You know, Logan right. Re- Ryan is 29. And I, I just – I feel I, I'm comfortable paying an older guy who's, who's proven a short amount, you know, in a way, kind of like a Mike Daniels kind of contract versus, um, you know, a more mediocre guy that's maybe in the more the mid-20s who's kind of, uh, you know, you're just going to get a, I don't want to say a Rashad Melvin type type way to do it. So to me, the mentality of this is for the cornerback position is 2020, not as much 2022, 2023, like defensive end. Right. I, I'm right there with you. I mean, uh, like I said, uh, you broke it down well about you can either some of the names, you know, if you're going Darby, Rowe, um, Worley, those are the young guys that you could take a little bit more of a flyer on. Um, like you said, Ryan and Harris aren't. Harris is the guy I have underlined uh, in a bullet, to be honest. I mean, yeah, 31 years old, made $12 million on average last year, but they showed interest at the trade deadline. I think he could be had on like a two-year deal uh, with a really good number. You know, uh, people would probably – eyes might bug out of what kind of number they would give this guy for two years but hey between him and slay if your two corners are are making 30 million combined but they make plays and and they really impact the defense i mean i think that's something you have to consider with where the team is trying to go like you said in the short term but again i always think about fit too i feel like chris harris just sort of has that personality and that way of like if you pay him he'd come here and probably be a great citizen and sort of laugh and joke around with slay and t walk and coleman and it might just be a really good unit so i know a lot of people are are pegging logan ryan but to me um you know chris harris if, if you can obtain him i think would be a really nice fit for this. let's get to linebackers right. man we got to keep this thing okay. moving linebackers couple names i had uh, Dante Fowler's out there. He's more of that outside linebacker rush guy. You got Littleton out there with the LA Rams. I got, I've always liked Trevathan a little bit from the, uh, not so likable Chicago bears. 
And then I put Fackrell on my list. This was a guy who came out, I think, a couple years ago. He's a guy that I kind of liked. He's sort of like that stand-up rush guy, kind of a hustle player, kind of a guy that's not probably the greatest athlete, but has, has he's put together um, something for the NFL. And sometimes these later names on my list are guys that – if they want to go on the cheap, if they want to go with a developmental guy, if they want to go with a guy they have a scheme um, for, they could do that. I think Fackrell could maybe fall in that type of range. But before I kick it to you, man, the guy that I highlighted on this list, underlined, is is Littleton. I mean, okay. this guy, sideline to sideline, coverage linebacker, uh, 26 years old, made around $3 million on average. I, I feel like, you know, the Rams and, and other teams would try to take care of him and try to bring him in, but – We've been calling for a while that is, even if you believe in Johnny Tavai, even if you hate Jared Davis, even though I don't, you know, we still need that coverage linebacker, that thumper, that tackling machine, and Littleton's been that guy. So any any thoughts on the guys I named or any other names you got well, for the linebacker position? Well, th- this is how I disagree with you, okay? The L.A. Rams, they ain't going to be able to sign a, a hot dog vendor. They are so over the cap. Okay, so any any free agencies, any free agent that's on the Rams in 2019 ain't going to be there on 2020. They're going to just going to fill up their team with UDFAs. Okay, they still they they still got Jalen Ramsey to pay, and they and they they traded two first round picks. They're they're paying Jared Goff um, more money than Stafford for Christ's sakes. So (laughs) anybody on the Rams, I mean, these guys have already sold their house. Okay, Um, yeah. So. You mentioned Littleton, you know, I like Littleton, but I do kind of feel like that's to, that's Tavai. And, and honestly, at this point, um, somewhat unfortunately, I think Tavai's actually our best linebacker. Um, I think, you know, Jones is, is Frankenstein out there. And um, I disagree. And, um, and, and Jared Davis, Jared Davis is like playing Super Mario Brothers with holding holding down the B button when you're just going fast, but you have absolutely no control of where you're going and you keep falling all over the place. Um, oh, but, come on, he but, does he does good things just because you yeah. notice the warts only is is, is fault of you. you know, not he's, a, he's great. He's he's great at running fast into another human being, but right. And they're going to move them around, play outside, rush the quarterback. That's why, like I said, I we still need another linebacker. But you could put Tavai in the middle and put JD on the outside and do some different things with him. And you know, like I say, he's a he's a plus athlete, plus player. Now, when I'm looking at this list, I'm gonna get back to you here in a second. But I forgot that Fowler got traded out to the Rams as well. Like I was kind of still thinking he was somewhere else, but I thought they paid him. I thought they got him, and then he was supposed to be a free agent last year, and they ended up paying him. Uh, but he came up on this list, so I don't know. To me, to me, he's super impactful. I wish the Lions oh, yeah. could trade for him a couple of years ago, but um, you know, I think he's going to be. You know, that's where like if you don't get any Gakwe or Harris, you could maybe pony up for a guy like uh, Dante Fowler. He's a he's a great rusher, great uh, production guy. You know, from from that outside type spot. See, I I see Fowler as the Trey Flowers, the 2020 version of um, Trey Flowers. Granted, I don't think the outside linebacker is quite as important as a defensive end, but I feel like he is just a more of an more of an upgrade, and I would I would pay that man. Um, he would be the the number one target for me at at, at any position. Plus, really? plus, yeah, plus you you leave you leave the. Uh, defensive line open for the draft you know you you don't have to worry about you know double uh essentially getting two two great players at the same position it's it's a it's a uh you know less risky proposition and and i do think outside linebackers will get paid won't get paid quite as much as defensive ends 
I know it's case by case, and but yeah, good good stuff there. Uh, when we go, let's finish up on the defensive side of the ball. There's a few other spots and stuff I know we could look at, but um, the the last one I had highlighted here for our first show on free agency is uh, defensive tackle. I mean, a few names I had. Um, you know, Mike Daniels says he'd like to come back with the Lions. Uh, Timmy Jernigan, I've always liked. Sean Robinson is out there. Uh, we've got Jerron Reed. And then Ward, who's been a guy I've always had my eye on. Uh, I believe he's with the Colts now. He started out with the Raiders. Uh, Jihad Ward, I believe it is. Uh, always kind of a sneaky draft prospect as well. Um, on this list, I mean, I just underlined him. Everybody has him out of town already, but... I'm looking at Ashawn Robinson only being 25 years old, a million dollars. He hates the media. Uh, he's a really nasty type football player, super young and big and physical. I mean, he hasn't blown me away with what he's done in Detroit, but I think unless they have a better plan, it might just be better to sort of keep him under the Lions umbrella. Any thoughts on defensive tackles while we uh, keep working this list here? Yeah, unfortunately, the, I don't feel the defensive tackle overall uh, – crop is quite as talented as the other positions we've spoke on. So um, a guy like Aishon is probably going to be overpaid. And frankly, I don't want the Lions to overpay him. I I feel like he's a great number two, you know, defensive tackle, but he clearly can't handle it by himself. When a- when uh, Snacks was, is out, you don't even know Aishon's on the team. He's he's pretty much the, the C.J. Mosley of, of uh, the 2019 Detroit Lions, meaning C.J. Mosley had that great season when Sue and Fairley were playing and then never heard of him before or after. So I would just be be careful. And you mentioned that he hates the media. I have this feeling that he just doesn't like Detroit, period. Um, I kind of reading through the lines from a lot of the local beat writers. He, he's very bitter about not being a first round pick. So he, he's not, he doesn't get the fifth year option like um, like Decker did. And I, I just want you know he's an Alabama boy. Um, Detroit's. Long way from Alabama. I, I can just see him being one of those guys where he's gonna he's gonna take take the money wherever it happens to be. He's there's no hometown discount for for him. Yeah, well, I agree with that, but I think you know Ashawn will definitely be looking for the money. But to me, like it may not be there. You know, he may think he's this uh, you know highly valued guy and might go out there and not have many great deals. Uh, and like you say, all that rumor and innuendo about, Oh, he doesn't like it here. He hates this. He hates that. I mean, we'll wait and see. I, I think yeah. it's a shot in the dark that he would be brought back, but you know, he's a pretty explosive big guy for 25 years old, million bucks. I, I think he, he played well, he dipped and then he started playing well again in some parts of the season despite injuries. So anyway, let's, let's attack offensive side of the ball. Let's do these in a couple groups uh, so sure. we can get through. These. Um, I'm going to throw my list of wideouts and running backs at you. And I want you to sort of pick two, um, one wideout, one running back out of this list or out of a name that you may have. So I wrote down Amendola, uh, Philip Dorsett's always been kind of an explosive guy. I know a lot of people hate this guy, but I sort of like him and think that he can come around. Nelson Aguilar, Keelan no. Doss was a rookie this year. Hold on. <laughs> Easy. Keelan Doss was a guy that came out, got cut, got brought back, didn't really do much. I, I like his game, kind of like a real poor man's uh, – um, gosh, what's the uh, what's the receiver out with the Chargers, the really good one? Oh, Keenan uh, Allen. Keenan Allen, he's like a really poor Keenan Allen, big uh, route runner type of guy. 
Uh, Cole down there with the Jaguars has kind of shown some flashes. Pascal over there with the uh, Indianapolis Colts has, uh, you know, he's the new uh, Pierre Garçon where he just makes plays and nobody knows who he is. And then running backs, I had uh, Crowell. He got hurt all this year, but I've always loved how he runs. And people written him off. I think the guy's 25, 26 years old at max. I mean, he's still got tread on those tires. Kenneth Dixon is a guy who's always been hurt, always been, you know, eh. But he was good in college. He had a lot of buzz coming out in the draft. He just never really put it all together. Jordan Howard, a guy that has put it together, but he's bounced around a little bit, and people seem to hate him for some reason too. And CJ Procise was a name I wrote down. Another guy that's really down on a lot of people's lists, injured all the time. People have probably written him off, but man, was he special coming out, could catch the ball, could run it. I remember he blew up his first couple of games. People were like, wow, this guy's incredible. And he's just sort of falling off the map. So I threw a bunch of names at you. Pick one running back, one wide out, and then I'll give you the two that I highlighted. Receiver is about as easy as it can be. Danny Amendola, period. He had his best year as a 34-year-old. Bevel loves him. He knows the plays. Seamless transition. He got four and a half last year. I'd give him six if you asked for it. It's that simple. As yeah. as for running as as for running back, um, I want to go Howard. In all honesty, I I don't feel like none of the none of those guys are gonna really supplant um, uh, carry on. And I honestly think. Bo Scarborough is probably better than all those other guys too. I know he's a little more one-dimensional than than, than most, but um, Howard would be the guy. I know he had kind of a slow year in Philly, but we saw him firsthand on the Bears, and he he can play. Um, and as an older running back, getting getting less carries is probably not not going to get the miles. So I'd go Howard. Hmm. Okay, uh, your Danny Amendola take. I don't know. It reminds me of uh, this guy. Everybody's got a price. <laughs> for the million dollar man. <laughs> Jeez, oh man, uh, I just think uh, Danny Amendola, you offer him six million, he might do this to you. <laughs> I mean, the guy's 35 years old. I love his grit, but he's going to have to come back with a coupon, I think, if I'm bringing him back. But I, I love what he brought kind of off the field and on, but I can't be di- paying crazy money for a guy like that. Well, he, he got four and a half last year. I mean, he, he won't. we don't need to give him six, but what I'm saying, he's worth six. I mean... <laughs> Okay, well, like you say, we'll we'll see. I mean, I I like him back, but I'd also like uh, either a rookie or a free agent that could kind of push him as well or add to that depth. But uh, like I said, a strong take from you. But the two people that I had sort of highlighted, at least on this list, again, I I was kind of torn between – I know you you almost cut me off and hated him, but Aguilar and Pascal. I mean, Aguilar, everyone hates him, thinks he has the drops. I mean, everybody forgot about for a couple years there, he came out of his shell and was – you know, a number two receiver with Philadelphia making plays. But I I highlighted Pascal on my list. He's 25 years old. He only made point, you know, half a million bucks around that on average to me. That's a really ripe age as well as a guy that seems to have kind of no ego, no issues could come in here, be the, be the three, be the four, you know, be, be in that mix there as a receiver and not cause any issues Still leave us wide open in the draft and other avenues to sort of figure out our receivers over the next year or so. And then running backs, uh, I guess I'm with you. I mean, Jordan Howard's only 25 years old, only made a million bucks on average. If you could get him at a good price and if the rest of the league was down on him, I think he can he can tout it. He's not really a, in the passing game, but you've got, you know, uh, McKinnon, you've got Carrion, others that can kind of catch it. So 
Jordan Howard, I wouldn't mind. And like I said, those other three are just such wild cards that I, because of their injury history and just lack of production in some ways that uh, just give me the more proven guy. And then you got, like you say, carry on Jordan Howard, Bo, and uh, man, to me, you add a couple more pieces, either with another rookie or Ty Johnson comes around, you're actually coming together with a much better running back room than than we we had previously. So um, good stuff there. A couple more positions to tackle, sure. and then one other question for you. We'll, we'll get up out of here. So everybody that I talk to that's a Lions fan wants to talk about offensive line. I mean, these guys think like our, our line has all these issues. We've invested all these spots. Everybody wants to tell me how important getting a high price offensive guard is. And I continue to tell them that, you know, yeah, you need good guards, good centers, good tackles, but you have to piece that line together with a couple high price studs. And then a couple guys you get off the scrap heap that end up being just good football players. That's what every team does. There's no team that's got all, you know, high draft, high paid guys, you know, the Cowboys are probably the closest team to do that. So interior offensive line, Brandon Scherf's, uh, Pete out there with the, uh, saints, you got Glasgow. I mean, Scherf's is 28 years old, made at 5 million on average. So he's going to probably be the top paid interior guy. And then when you look to tackles, I've got Conklin here on my list. He's 25 years old, made 4 million on average, a Michigan state, um, guy, we've got a Fetty, just a big guy. I've always wanted one of those big grinders that just sort of is bigger, you know, heavier than most and can push the pile. And then in the draft process, I love this guy. He really hasn't done a ton, but Jason Spriggs to me was a guy that had everything you look for in a tackle. Since he hasn't done that much, I feel like you could get him at a really good discount, maybe develop him or bring him in and play him on the right side or whatever it may be. So any thoughts on those guys or just uh, linemen in general? Well, I, I think you couldn't have been more right when you mentioned that you can only spend so much money in offensive line. And I think the, the Joe Dahl um, improvement this year just shows how much better um, the, the Lions are with the excellent center. Um, uh, you know, even though if he even though he does fall through the ice when he's, <laughs> when he's ice fishing um, and and, you know, when you got it, when you when you got a great center, you know, obviously we're talking about rag now here, the guards will follow. I, I don't. I don't think it's this huge priority. I know everyone in, up in Michigan is, is a big Glasgow guy, but I think there's a lot of bias just because he is a Michigan guy. I don't think he's, you know, he's he's okay. I mean, he's, I don't know, maybe between 10th and 15th best guard. But to me, to me getting the, I don't know, 28th best guard in the NFL and getting the, I don't know, ninth best guard in the NFL, there's really not that much of a difference. Um, so, yeah. It's it's hard for me to you know drill down deeply on on offensive guards, but I, I'm I would not pay anyone more than they should, specifically Glasgow. Um, and I'm honestly I, I know this sounds crazy, but keeping Dahl and Wiggins um, and maybe adding a late round pick wouldn't be the worst idea in the world, considering you have potentially the best up and coming center in the league. Also, I also like you mentioned, I, I'm. I think the Lions should focus a little more on the run grading type blockers and, and a little less on the athletic, you know, lighter guys. I think just running over the defensive tackle sometimes uh, can go a lot farther than having the more athletic uh, player like a Glasgow. Yeah, I feel like Bob Quinn has this prototype, you know, of just like the guy's got to be able to move. He's got to be able to get to second level. He's going to be a pass blocker first, run blocker second. I feel like he's tried that and it hasn't worked uh, at, at the 
optimal level he would like. So, you know, maybe look for a guy in the draft or in free agency here that's more of a road grader, more of a physical, nasty football player. And people are saying, like, you know, if you're going to pay Glasgow 10, you could probably pay a little uh, same or a little more, whatever it is, to bring in Brandon Scherf. So I think he's a better football player. But I'm with you. Like, you know, I, I'm not a proponent of paying a, a guard a ton of money to come in here. I think you get by with Dahl and a, you know, low-end free agent that has some upside and has some grit to him. And, but I wouldn't be opposed to upgrading tackles. I feel like they're good players, but I feel that in the draft or here in free agency, if you feel like you could um, let go of Rick Wagner and upgrade at a lesser price, I think that's something you got to consider with the budget. So I, I wouldn't be opposed. I think the three names I named off, I'm not in love with. So I'm not saying just bump Wagner and go get one of these guys necessarily, but I think depending on if somebody gets cut late or if you want to take a big swing, maybe finding a replacement, saving the 10 million. I think if you get rid of Rick Wagner is something you could consider. So, man, we tackled a bunch of positions there. It's kind of just an over, overview. Um, you know, we're definitely going to dive into things deeper as we get going, as well as kind of maybe take it, um, you know, certain position groups each week on, on each side of the football. We may, uh, you know, pick out other names that we want to dive into and really talk about their previous stats, money, all the different things when it comes to free agency. Cause Paul, man, it's up to me and you to figure out what the Detroit Lions are going to do in free agency. We got about 40 to spend. We might have upwards to 50. So with the names we read off today and some of their salaries we'll project and maybe we can come up with a package for the people of they could get this, 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 and this. And uh, that would kind of be where they're going to be at free agent money wise. We'll have to, uh, put that plan together here over the next little while before we get to free agency, which is only a couple months away. You know, if, if that starting in kind of that early March area, I believe is when it, when it gets rolling. So, um, you know, it'd be exciting to see. I got one last question here before we get out of here. Are you ready for this? Sure. Oh yeah. So we're going to end it on this. So we got the free agent period and we got the draft. We also have, um, you know, we have dollars to spend and we have draft picks if you're Bob Quinn or if you're like looking at what you think he's going to do, we kind of hinted on it earlier, but I want your take. Like, what do you think he's going to do? Is he going to be overly aggressive? Is he going to um, focus more on free agency? Do you think he'll do what he's done in the past, which is maybe take free agency and get some supplementary pieces, knowing that he's going to get, uh, you know, find gems in the draft along with what he already has. I mean, put that plan together in broad strokes of what you think Bob Quinn might do in the 2020 free agent period overall oh he's gonna spend he, he's he's gonna spend like a drunken sailor he has to period i mean i i mentioned how matt pat you know he's gonna make 10 percent the amount of money as a defensive coordinator quinn will be doing the same thing as some scouting guy you know uh the rest the rest of his career so they they know there's there's a lot to there's a, a lot to lose here and yes free agency is not the best way to build a team but it is the quickest way to to uh patch patch up holes and if they truly feel like they were only you know a couple possessions here and there away from being a playoff team then hey uh this would be the solution man i'm right there with you i mean i think he's going to be tactful as i feel like he always is i know he's got kind of a bad rep here in detroit where people think oh he hasn't hit on any top players in the draft he hasn't done this and that like 
you really look at it. I mean, there's a lot of football players that he's brought in that are uh, not only on this team, but are in critical positions. I think 2019 was an anomaly where it was just sort of everything went wrong across the board. And, and that's why the record was what it was. I think he'll be aggressive, but I also think that he will still keep an eye on the future and still um, do what he's done overall. But what I think he did, if you really look back with, with Caldwell, he sort of um, built the foundation, brought in some pieces, kind of did what he could with that scheme. Then when he brought in Matt Pat, he started to add players that, that fit this other scheme that he's used to. And then he also went big the first year that he did have dough to spend and uh, made an impact. And, and I've told people, you know, Trey Flowers, as good as he got later in the year, will be much better in year oh, two. Yeah. Tracy Walker showed great, great flashes, but also had some issues and some injuries. He will be – he's turning into a player that nobody knew on draft day that could be a really fun player to watch in Detroit. And there's many other names. So it's like if you give Bob Quinn credit for that and see that, hey, he was the guy that paid Trey. He was the guy that brought in uh, Coleman in the slot. Like he's only adding to what he's been building, not like taking away. There's not many huge pieces that we're losing at, at, at great impact position. So everything you've seen that's been positive, he's building on it. And I, mean, I think that's just something you can believe in right there. So, Hey man, uh, that's the believe in lions podcast. Uh, me and Paul Jackson talking free agency, Paul, Great job, man. It was fun talking football with you. I think we hit on a lot for this first show, and we're just going to dig deeper and, and, and work harder to sort of see if we can figure out this whole free agency game before it's all said and done. Well, thanks for having me. And I, I think next next time the picture will be much clearer because you'll, uh, you know, things are always dynamic and they will be go even deeper next time. Absolutely, man. We'll be on everything right here on Believe in Lions. Uh, everybody, check us out. Next week, uh, all goes well. Logan Lamarandier on the show talking all things Lions. We're going to dip our toe into everything all across the board. And he's always a great source of knowledge. Most of you know him from Twitter. So looking forward to that. And, uh, yeah, good show. It was fun talking free agency. So everybody, take care. We're out. I believe, I believe, I believe. I love the Lions. Say it with me. I love the Lions. I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.